Welcome to Voices for Conservation, a podcast series hosted by Volunteer Engagement at Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium. We're excited to bring you this two-part podcast series. One half, called Staff Chats, will feature interviews with Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium employees and volunteers. And the second half, Break for Conservations, will focus on the conservation issues that matter to us and our mission. I'm Stacey Learing, Volunteer Engagement Coordinator and host for our Staff Chats. On today's episode, I'm joined by Tyler Rankin, one of our staff aquarists in the Pacific Seas Aquarium here at Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium. Tyler, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for being here. Okay, so we're going to start the conversation with kind of, when did you arrive at PDZA? Like, how long have you been here? And sort of, what do you do in the aquarium? I've actually been at Point Defiance for a while now. It's kind of split up into segments. Um, I started off as an intern. I did an internship with the aquarium, and then I, I rolled kind of into an assistant aquarist role right after that for a few years. And this was this was back in 2010. And then I had to go off and, and get some experience. Jobs are very competitive in the aquarium world, so after being an assistant, I wasn't able to roll kind of right into a full-time job here. So I left and got some experience at other facilities. Went to Ripley's Aquarium of Canada. That was my, my first full-time Aquarius job. And then kind of migrated to some other facilities before coming back as a full-timer. And that was five years ago in uh, 2017. Oh my gosh, Tyler. I don't even remember you being here in 2010. That's terrible of me. But we are glad that you came back. What do you focus on here in the aquarium? So like, where's what section is sort of your... Um, even though I know you guys all kind of do a lot of everything. Yeah, area. we all, you know, we're kind of in the middle of restructuring a lot of the ways that the team is split up. But um, right now I'm, I'm part of the warm water team. So that encompasses everything from Baja Bay to the SPA animals, any of the warm water stuff that is not local, like the Puget Sound tanks. So that's that's my role. Um, I'm mainly focused in, in Baja Bay. Uh, that's what I, the tank I've been working on for the past five years. That's the tank that has the spotted eagle rays, hammerheads, and sea turtles. All and right. then I also work on the kelp forest tank. So what is your favorite animal in the Baja Bay? Definitely the eagle ray clan. Uh, those, oh, the, the really? females, they oh. are just super fun to work with and they're very graceful swimmers and um, very food motivated too which makes it easy to train oh well that's good okay so wait i gotta tell you so what about sea turtles where do they rank in terms of eagle rays and hammerheads sea turtles are bittersweet um <laughs> the the public loves them um but they are kind of chaotic and they like to uh they like oh, to yeah. search the exhibit and find new things to get into it. They're, they're kind of like toddlers. They like to go and find something and, and kind of destroy it. So we've had to make a couple different repairs to Baja Bay due to the sea turtles. Yes. Um, but yes. they are a very important animal and a, and a keystone species to the aquarium. So um, I, I definitely respect them in that manner. And, and the public loves them. And they are, 
you know, they, they definitely recognize us whenever we're walking around the perimeter of the tank. They'll come and, and follow us. And um, Oh, really? They Will the eagle rays do that? Or no? No, they mainly the sea turtles. Mainly the, the, yeah, sea turtles. The, okay. the eagle rays, if we're, if we're stationed above, like, where we feed them, they'll come by and say hi. But... Yeah. That doesn't go with it. The turtles will just follow you. If they if they see a blue t-shirt walking around the perimeter, they're most likely gonna come and say hi and follow you. Interesting. I didn't know that. Huh. Okay, so before you got here, you said you were at Ripley's in Canada. So what animals did you work at in Ripley at Ripley's? Like what? Um, so that was a. Uh, it was it, it was associated with Ripley's Aquarium Canada, but um, I worked in a, a quarantine facility in Buffalo, oh. New York. So they had their quarantine site in Buffalo, New York, and then um, staged all the animals that were going to be um, part of the collection for once the aquarium opened in Canada, oh, in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, they would eventually move all those animals up to Toronto. So okay. um, I got to work with all kinds of different species of animals at the at the quarantine site, anything from cold water to warm water, sharks, jellyfish, uh, numerous to different taxa. Interesting. Oh. When did they open that aquarium? Twenty. I want to say it was 2013 or 2014 is when okay. it opened. Because I, I left here in 2012, and I remember because everyone was freaked out. You know, the Mayan calendar had ended in 2012, and we're all waiting oh. for the apocalypse. <laughs> so I remember leaving then. Um, so it was 2013, 2014 that I was up in. Over there, and they were basically preparing to open that aquarium. Yeah, and that, that, um, that opening date got pushed back so many times. I mean, oh. I can't tell you how many times we crossed off that date and just, That's all right, well, now October. All right, well, now November. Now December, now January, like it just always kept on getting pushed back. Interesting, interesting. Um, obviously, you've been an aquarist in most of your career. Um, what drew you to be an aquarist? Um, well, I've always, you know, kind of just been drawn to the ocean. Um, I grew up in in San Diego, um, so there's lots of ocean things to partake in down there. Yeah. My my dad was a fisherman, so oh, okay. he um, he definitely exposed me to to fishing very early. In life and whenever he had a chance to to go you know fish down at the pier I'd always I'd always join him and so um, there is a small marine center down in Chula Vista uh, called the it used to be called the Nature Interpretive Center I think it's Living Coast now and that was kind of my home base the the gentleman that used to work there would, would take take whatever we caught off the pier and, and, and put it into the tanks um, and that used us as a means of collection. So every once in a while, we, if we got something cool, we'd go down to the nature center and we'd, we'd donate it and um, yeah. put it on exhibit. That was kind of what got me really interested in aquariums. And then I got to volunteer there when I was in high school. What are some cool things that you caught off of the pier that they liked? I'm pretty sure it was a red octo or it was definitely a smaller species of octopus. Yeah. But we um, we caught an octopus off the pier one day and we, we named it peg leg because it, you know, it was missing a leg, <laughs> uh, missing an arm. It's funny. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we donated that. And that was very, oh, very that's vivid. Cool. That's memory. a vivid memory for you. Yeah. Okay, wait, how old were you when you were doing that? Probably six or seven. I was really young. Oh, little. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you ever go out on the boat with your dad? Yeah, we would do some some trips. Uh, we 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 once took uh, his friend's boat out to um, uh, just just a little south of San Diego into yeah. Mexican waters, and we we killed it. We we got so many fish, tuna, uh, wow. all, all sorts of different fish, and um, that was also a memorable moment. And the uh, 
my dad actually hooked a mola mola at an ocean sunfish. Wow. And um, he's like, here, son, you know, grab, grab the rod and just, just <laughs> see how strong this fish is. And, uh, and, and I took it and the, the rod just bent. And, uh, oh, my and, gosh. And I, I, I got the to... The reel just kind of went... Yep, just the, the drag took it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to fight it for like, you know, five seconds and then it just snapped the line. But that was also a pretty vivid memory. That's pretty cool. Wow. Okay, as an aquarist... What is the most difficult thing you have to do? There's a lot of troubleshooting and a lot of running into new problems, okay. you know, being an aquarist. Um, you know, they've been keeping fish in, in, in tanks for hundreds of years, and there's, you know, there, there still isn't the, the perfect playbook on, on, on what to do for each different scenario. You know, things are going to be different every time. Right. And, and that's, that's the biggest challenge, and you gather the most information that you can about a particular thing you know you reach out to different colleagues do some research online uh, look up scientific papers um, but that's there there's definitely not this there's not a solution to everything and you you know it's a lot of just throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks right um, yeah. but when you when you do get something that sticks it's it's very rewarding well that's cool yeah but then as an aquarius you also have like Remember, I was an aquarist in my early years, and I remember all of this, that it's not just the animal and the husbandry, but you learn to be a plumber, and you learn to be, like, an electrician, and all sorts of stuff like that, right? Yeah, like, there's a, definitely a lot of tools in our toolbox. I mean, you have to be a competent diver, you know, because your, your animals are, are underwater, so you don't always have access to them. So, you know, conditioning and training is, is really important, but... Also, you know, just just being able to catch them, and if if if, you, if they aren't trained, that that can pr be proven difficult. But yeah, there's a there like how you said, there's a lot of different tools in your toolbox, and by the time that you're done, you realize all the things that you know how to do, and then you know you go home and say that your your sink is broken or you need to do some light plumbing. You're like, well, I can do that because I do that at work. I totally did that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. It's like very handy at home when you need to fix something. <laughs> like carpentry. There, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, as a chorus, you also have to make sure the animals are healthy, right? So which means you're feeding them. What is the weirdest food that you feed animals in the aquarium? There's something... Or maybe how you feed it. Could be how you feed it, too. Propeller clam. Uh, it's not something that I was very familiar with up until a couple years ago. It's a clam that is caught off the eastern coast of Canada and it's in it's in pretty deep water but it's um it, it, it's pretty good meat. It, it, it's bright orange and it, it kind of resembles like a small little you know one of those smaller carrots that you get you know when you order like oh, buffalo yeah. wings. Yep. Yeah what they call the them. Mini carrots. Mini carrots. Yeah. Uh, but yeah it kind of resembles that but a little bit bigger and if it's freshly caught it kind of smells like cucumber. And that oh. always throws me off. <laughs> like, what kind of shell do they have? Like, it's a pretty small shell. Like, uh, when when we get it, we just get the meat. But oh, okay. I, you know, I did a little bit of research on it, and um, it, it is a pretty small shell. It's mostly meaty. Yeah. So um, I think they use it in uh, for sushi. But oh, it's okay. it's definitely odd. And and the the first time you know when we were feeding it out, we'd uh, we'd we'd see some of our animals poop out this orange substance <laughs> and we're like, why is it orange Orange, and some of it's bright red too? And we're like, oh, there's something wrong with our animals. But, you know, it was just the propeller clam being digested. That's interesting. So who do you feed it to? Mostly the eagle rays. Um, okay. 
I, I think some of the other uh, Aquarius use it for their animals, but primarily the Eagle Rays. All right, so you told us that the Eagle Rays were your favorite animal in the Baja. Do you have a favorite animal in the aquarium as a whole? And it can be the same as what you already said? Yeah, I, I, I think I'd have to go with the Eagle Rays. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. my jam. I, yeah. I, I love those guys. They just have so much personality. And, you know, even when I worked at uh, Ripley's Aquarium of Canada, I was... Um, I worked with them up there too, and I just, yeah. they've just kind of been kind of ingrained in me as an Aquarius for a long time, and they're really special. Well, that's cool. Okay, so now now look zoo wide. What other animals are your, you like? The polar bears. I gotta go yes. with them. I, I don't I don't know the the two sisters that Astra and Lerka. Yep, Lerka. Um, I, I don't know them that well, but the, the times that I have gone over there to to visit them, um, they're they're just so cool. So big and, and, and majestic um, so I'm we're really fortunate to have them yeah they look so cute and cuddly but boy powerful <laughs> they are so powerful and yes I would not want to be hug hugging them at all okay so now let's get to some sort of serious information here let's get to what is um, your conservation issue that's near and dear to your heart for me it's shark conservation definitely they, they just play such an important role in, in ocean health and, um, and, and the food webs that, that they, they, they're in. Uh, without them, the ocean would suffer major consequences. Um, they're apex predators. And um, I, I think it's important that you know, people learn about sharks and become educated and also learn about the laws that, that, that protect them. Uh, and a great way to, to connect with sharks is, is through our shark dive program. Unfortunately, it's, it's not going right now because SPA is right. having renovations yeah. but once um once it's once SPA is back up and we have some new animals in the collection um that that is a great way to, to connect with sharks and uh, yeah. I highly encourage anybody that hasn't participated in it to, to go ahead and do so I know they're amazing animals I remember people used to tell me I, for a while I was called the shark lady in my personal world because I dove with the sharks when I was in the aquarium but they're all like are you afraid and I said no they're just big fish in yeah, the just pool. Fish. Like, <laughs> they don't care that I'm in there. No worries. So, yeah, they are pretty amazing animals. Okay, so do you have a favorite enrichment item that you like to give your animals? So, um, with the sea turtles, mm -hmm. I know I said it's bittersweet, but we, <laughs> there there is a, a, a favorite item that we give them um, that I enjoy putting into the tank. It's um, it's it's a big blue disc and um, it's about maybe the two and a half feet wide in diameter and what we do is we get we get their is diet. Is that the one they call a pill? Yeah, it's the pill. Like a pill? Yeah, right. yep. in, uh, a giant pill. But giant yes. pill. Marine mammals, uh, they, they get them all the time. Yeah. Um, but we got one for the sea turtles and it's it's a big giant blue pill and what we do is we get their diet which is you know assortment of veggies every day bell peppers and dive romaine and we, we line the perimeter of it with with their diet and it kind of just hangs off the side send it off into the exhibit and then we get to watch them you know try and and, and, and get the, the veggies off and you know they'll, they'll reach up with their necks and they'll, they'll be able to get some pieces and um, what's really fun is sometimes they'll work together in order to try to knock off the, the veggies and oh. they'll either you know shove it up against a wall and then treat it like a pinata and you know yeah for all the veggies that to come out or you know the one one turtle will be on one side other one will be on the other and kind of try to maintain its position and let the other one 
go up and, and, and have a shot at it. So that's that's kind of a fun one. So where all of them can interact with it. Oh, that's cool. Do you, have you ever seen them like one like hit from underneath and like tip it up, or the other one grabs off the edge? Yeah. Sometimes they'll they'll, they'll dive under and then use their shell to to, to push up onto it and, yeah. and get a little leverage that like way. Like almost flip it over. Kind yeah. Of the concept. Oh. All right. We're down to our final question. This all is right. the one that we kind of been starting to ask everybody at the end. So what is your favorite fun fact or did you know that you like to share with people? Sand tiger sharks, they partake in something called intrauterine cannibalism. Okay. Um, and, you know, during embryonic development, uh, the largest embryo that develops will actually go and, and eat all the other embryos in, in that particular uterus. So talk about sibling rivalry. Oh yeah, that I do remember knowing about that. That is pretty gruesome. Yeah, like. and then there's so sand tiger sharks also have two different uterine horns, so there could be, you know, maximum of, of two pups that are that are born. But, but then the, those two don't compete because they no, they're they separate, separate. But yeah, can you imagine that you're like not really even like mentally awake, alive, whatever, and your siblings are already eating you. Eating you? Yeah. yeah, that that. Yeah, it is a very interesting fact. For so sure. that that that's you know a more neutral one is that I, I find it fascinating that sharks can lose up to thirty five thousand teeth in their lifetime. It is. And because they're, as you know, they're just always constantly regrowing new teeth. So as soon as the one in the front is compromised or falls out, there's always going to be another one, just like a conveyor belt, ready to move in and take its place. And it's fascinating, isn't it? I remember standing down in the South Pacific Aquarium one day when the sand tiger went by. And it had literally one of its tooth just like hanging on by a thread, just like Fall, almost falling out, but not quite, right? And it was the perfect interpretive like moment for people to see how their teeth fall out. Like yeah. it was amazing to see that. And yeah. there's been so many teeth that we pulled that we've been pulling out of like filtration baskets for years, and that's yeah, it's it's just crazy how many teeth that they go through, and you know, compared to humans, where you know, baby teeth, I think you get twenty, and then adult yeah. teeth, there's thirty-two. Yeah, and so. then that's it, and you like take care of them, otherwise you're out yeah i know yeah it is kind of crazy so cool thank you tyler it's been a pleasure to get to know you and your role here in the pacific seas aquarium and thank you listeners for tuning in to voices for conservation staff chat don't forget to tune in to the companion episode break for conservations where we'll learn about the hammerhead shark research that point defiance zoo and aquarium is supporting until next time keep smiling <laughs>